Yo, Ryan Hartley here, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, and welcome back to another interview session. Today is episode 75 with Kathleen Merkel, leadership and mindset coach and host of the Legendary Leaders podcast. We have a great conversation. I really enjoy the honesty where she shares how she used to show up at work in her early 20s and how she had to learn to become a better leader. And through that learning, she is now helping develop the next generation of leaders and sharing their stories on the Legendary Leader podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did having it. Be sure to check Kathleen out after the interview and go and connect with her. Much love. And welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday interview sessions. And today I'm really excited to be joined by a very good friend of mine, Kathleen Merkel. Kathy, welcome. Please introduce yourself to our audience. So first of all, thank you, Ryan, for having me. Um, always love chatting to you. So I was very excited um, to meet you today. Uh, well, the introduction you, you did already. My name is Kathleen Merkel, German born, but uh, I, I say I was made in England. Um, mm-hmm. So I've lived here now for, for 10 years. Um, and similar to you, I quit my corporate job last year in June. So I'm, I'm close to celebrating my first year anniversary. Amazing. Um, yes, and it has been such an amazing journey. So now I can really focus full time on helping as many women out there as possible and a few men as well, who I'm still working with, um, to really live their best lives. Um, I'm a mindset and leadership coach, but I would rather say I, I want to see myself as a thought provoker and as a thought maker who simply brings in some different aspects on leadership um, and who really helps people to go and look beyond their job descriptions because they only have one life. And I basically encourage them to make the best out of their lives at work and outside of work. Mm, I love that. I mean, you've held some fairly, you know, prominent leadership positions we're talking regional across Europe and um, I'd just love to know you know some of the things that you've learned about yourself and your own kind of leadership in that time oh gosh I've learned so much Um, so when I when I started becoming a manager or stepping slowly but surely I would say into management roles it wasn't I wasn't a leader at this time I was 21 Mm. and um, I was such a cow, seriously. <laughs> I, honestly, it, it's just it's just the way it was. I was very black and white. I was very direct. I was very like, here is the rule sheet. That's what we've mm. got to follow. And at the same time, I was looking after at this time, I think sixteen apprentices. And that's when I noticed where I fell into the caring mode, into supporting them, into helping them learn. So there was, there was a, a real difference. And I noticed mm. in myself that this is much more fun. This is really lovely. And it came from the perspective that, A, I had just finished my apprenticeship. So I really could put myself into their shoes. But also, I realized these guys are here to learn these guys don't know things yet. And I have a massive responsibility to help them. And the way is not to say this Mm. is black and this is white and this is what you have to do and this is what you can't do. Um, So that was a massive learning curve for me. Um, That was also the time when I had my own coach. So my boss at the time um, said to me, look, I, I appreciate that I put you into 
a biggish role at a very young age and um, I am not here locally. So therefore I want you to have support, choose a coach who you would like to work with and who's going to support you. And that was for me um, big because suddenly I just had someone I could really open up to. And I don't think I've had that before at all. Mm. I haven't had that in my family necessarily. I've ha I haven't had that with my friends. I can open up to them, but they didn't understand the job I was doing. So that was just wonderful to be able to open up, but also to have a mirror who simply calls it out when, when she sees BS on my side um, or who, who simply challenges my behaviors. So that was brilliant. Um, and you mentioned that I had some um, multinational roles. I was looking after um, locations such as Russia, locations such as New Zealand, Australia, Dubai, the Middle East and Europe at the same time. And even within Europe, you have so many different locations and cultures and approaches. None of those countries are quite the same. And working internationally, that was the moment I moved to the UK 10 years ago made the biggest shift for me because I couldn't just do or have the approach. It's my way or the highway. Mm. It, it wasn't possible. Suddenly mm. I was in an environment where I noticed I, my, my way of working, my way of communicating doesn't land um, because the culture around me is different. And I still remember, uh, and I hope my, my friend is going to listen to that. Actually. Um, I worked with a really wonderful colleague um, who was, quite a few years older than me and who was very elegant. I called her Lady Jane um, because she was ladylike and um, she was born and raised in England. And I remember she asked me a question and I turned around and I just said, no, because my answer to the question was no, you are laughing, right? Because you get it. <laughs> if I did that in Germany, they were like, yeah, but if the answer is no, the answer is no, mm -hmm. not in the UK, obviously. And that was the first experience when she then turned around to me and she said, you can't just say no in this country. <laughs> I'm like, why not? There's no yes to this answer, uh, to this question. And she said, well, you still have to be very polite and say, yes, perhaps under those circumstances, let's investigate. And I still can't quite grasp it because there was still no way into that. But at the same time, what I understood was I need to understand the cultures properly. Mm. I need to make an effort to put myself into those different countries, how they operate, how they communicate with each other, what are the informal and formal rules mm. um, of conduct, and um, simply step back, shut up, and listen a wee bit more and be more curious. Mm. Um, so that, that was number two. And number three was, and I think that is for me the biggest learning journey. Um, so I, uh, I've told this story on so many podcasts. So I'll make it very short. I grew up in, in East, former communist um, Germany. And um, people obviously weren't allowed to travel necessarily only to the communist countries. Um, and life was very restricted. You couldn't get all the products you wanted to get and so on and so forth. And there was the sense, at least in my family, that was all about how we are being perceived. So yes, we, we grew up on the, on the less beneficial side of Germany, but let's still make sure we are being perceived as we have it all and everything is going all right and so on and so forth. So therefore I was raised with a lot of expectations, how I behave, how I should be with a lot of shoulds and musts and so on. 
Mm. And that was a part of me. So at a very young age, I realized later through therapy that I kind of was shaped by my mother mainly, but I completely unlearned who I was. Mm. So I was literally just focused in the very communist way on delivering, on being successful, achieving in order to make sure you have a very safe life. You have a house at some point, you have a family and, and it's safe. It's the nice safe container. Oh man, sorry, I'm going to say this bullshit. Mm. Jesus Christ. Um, it took me years, valuable, valuable years to get through this and to break through um, this habit of trying to please everyone else mm. and to be the way other people want me to be instead of just being who I am. And it took me years to understand who I am. And it, um, the, the brilliant thing was that um, I explored a lot of that at work in leadership roles because I received feedback. People were interested in my growth, in success. They wanted to see me get to the next level, which is brilliant. And so therefore they gave me very direct feedback. So the direct feedback I took on board, but in terms of, okay, now I have to be even better and I have to do more and I have to work my butt off every day. And it led me to a near burnout. So I was, mm. I was really exhausted and, and basically lived such an unhealthy life and I felt never enough. And that was for me the breaking point when I said I had to change some things. I did a lot of things. I, I did um, some solo traveling to very spiritual places in the world where I rediscovered myself with the kindness of the people around me. Um, I did therapy. I had coaches um, and I let loose. I let go of all the constraints through this and I started my own coaching journey. And I think that was the last piece of the puzzle, because as you may know, when you are being trained as a coach, my goodness, you have to go through all your own stuff, mm -hmm. um, which is tough, which is challenging. Um, but I came back as a person who was warmer, who was kinder, who um, removed the wall around her, who was completely present with others um, and therefore more successful. But it felt so much easier, so much simpler. Mm. And I stop here. I could talk about that topic for no, hours. I really appreciate you sharing that. That's a, that's a powerful story. And, you know, I, I think you've really alluded to some of those key traits of leadership, those that the natural coach, the, the seeking empathy, understanding, asking curious questions. And I'm conscious about this one word of um, legacy. Mm. And I think there's a, a, an element of legacy that showed up in your story where not only have those that have gone before you got the best out of you by giving you that feedback so that you can go on and achieve more, but you're now starting up your own or you've, you, you run your own leadership company mm. and there's a legacy of your own. How much do you think about legacy? I think a, a lot about legacy, but less in a quantitative way. I don't mm. say, no, I want to get millions of people um, <laughs> to do exactly what I've done. That is simply not the case, but um, for me, legacy is all about what trace, what impression I leave with others um, that have been working with me, that I encounter, that I met. And I want everyone to leave with some inspiration where they say, I can do that. I can, you know, um, better myself every day. I can um, live a life that's far more fulfilled without the shoulds and musts. So mm -hmm. one, I want to leave one thing with everyone that helps them let go of all the negativity, the negative self-beliefs, all of that that helps them feel better about themselves. 
So you you work so new client comes to you, female leader, very successful, completely neglecting her own self um, in terms of her energy, um, never feels enough. They come to you. I imagine they're exactly your ideal client because that was you, however many years ago. Like, how? Yeah. Where do you where do you start with 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 people like that? Mm. So when they come to me and we have an initial meeting, then I'm being curious. That's all, mm. because um, putting myself into their shoes, what they really value is someone who is simply there for them and listening. So the first meetup, basically, I don't even want to call it session, is all about letting them chat, letting them self-explore their uh, life. Um, and I do that by asking them curious questions, um, how they manage this themselves, what's working really well in their lives, what they are proud of. So positivity is something really important to me. I want every meeting, every encounter we have, I want them to feel confident about themselves and positive about themselves. So it's not about focusing on all, uh, just on the challenging pieces. Mm -hmm. um, so we are really exploring their lives and just uh, identifying what are the core areas that would be useful to focus on and that will probably bring in the biggest change for these ladies and then obviously explain how I work and what opportunities we have to, to work together. In our proper first coaching session, and I have, I, I want to say that I have a combination of coaching and mentoring. Um, so uh, I, I love to be able to bring in experiences, to share tools, to share suggestions. And I realize that my, my clients really value that as well. Instead of only asking questions and helping them to find their own solutions, that's still a very important piece, but I combine it. In the first session, we're really diving into their entire life. So I actually had recently, again, um, one of those female leaders, just such a wonderful soul. And I can see them in front of me and I can see the deep, deep um, parts of them where, where I know they are hurt. They are, to a certain extent, suffering even. Mm -hmm. They are really um, just seeking for this different way of living, but they have absolutely no idea in this moment how to get there because they are literally distracted and, and surrounded by the fog of busyness and stress and expectations. So it's really important that we focus on uh, the whole life. And I go really detailed um, through their uh, different areas of life. And I let them decide what that is as to whether it's uh, career and finances with her, it was um, her relationship with the husband, time for the kids, um, social um, environments or lack of, connections to friends and understanding. Um, and what we most come back to, similar to my story, it's, it's so strange, is the mother. So at some point, family is being broken down into, well, all of the family, here's my mother. And here's the relationship I have with her. And here's the relationship I've had with her in the past. And now I realize there are certain habits that I have literally grown up with and that I have made mine because they came from her. Um, in particular, the behavior around pressure, trying to constantly exceed expectations, never feeling good enough because they receive probably quite a bit of criticism for everything they try to do well, and so on and so forth. So that, that's the first session. 
And um, we finished the session with, okay, and um, what is the life you want to live? How do you mm -hmm. want to be as a leader? What does leadership mean to you? And that's the moment when I can take them out of leadership at work and just making it about the career and how you can show up as a leader in your whole life. Love that. You, um, I've seen you run something called the Legendary Leader Framework, and and obviously that's the name of your podcast. What does it mean to be a legendary leader? Hmm. So yeah, the podcast is Legendary Leaders, and I have the Legend um, Framework that I basically work along through the uh, mastermind sessions and the coaching um, sessions. So Legendary Leader, someone for me, and and it makes me smile. You meet this person. And the, the vibe you get from this person is calm, peace, content, pure joy. Um, and that doesn't mean that this person is happy 24 seven mm. and, you know, is, is jumping around and dancing all day long. This is not what it means, but it means I am really content with my life. I practice gratitude. Um, I, I love how I live, not necessarily mm -hmm. what I have. Mm -hmm. And I feel really okay with myself knowing all my flaws. That's for me legendary. Mm -hmm. And by being this way, you basically, in the most positive sense, become contagious to other people. And other people kind of want to follow you. They are curious about how you got there, what you practice in order to um, be this way. Mm -hmm. um, they want to work with you. So you take out the forced element of leadership. I need to communicate every day in order for my people to feel okay. I need to um, behave in a certain way and communicate very professionally. I need to be always chippy chappy because then people will like me. You simply are the way you are and you're purely authentic. And I know this word is overused, I still like it. So you're purely authentic and real. Um, and I think the reason it is overused is because we have flooded the workplace with people that feel that they need to be something to fulfill a criteria, fulfill a role. And we're coming to learn that. And I think we're recognizing those that are authentic, that aren't playing that. And we're craving that style of leadership in reality. It's the opposite. We just need less people feeling like they need to be something that they're yeah. not to fulfill a role and a criteria. Exactly. And I still have quite a few discussions with people um, I work with in workshops or coaching sessions who say, but I have to be very different at work. I'm very different when I am with my kids. Yes, of course, when you are with your kids, you might use a different language. You are obviously in a different way, but it doesn't change your personality. You're still caring. You're empathetic. You're trying to understand them. You are being curious about them. You're supporting them. You want them to better themselves every day and grow up in a most protective, but also um, um, wonderful world where they can explore themselves. So what about that has to be different at work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What have you learned through, I think for me personally, with being a podcast host, A, I love it, and B, like I, mm -hmm. I get to learn firsthand from some amazing, amazing people like your good self. What have you learned so far through, through interviewing legendary leaders? Oh man, uh, where to start? So I learned a lot about myself. 
Yeah. I, uh, I've wanted to be, when I was in my teens, I wanted to be a radio DJ, right? So <laughs> I'm now kind of fulfilling this passion. I, I absolutely love as you do uh, podcasting, meeting different people and learning from them. Um, but I also started podcasting because I wanted to get the message out about leadership and legendary leaders. Um, and I am really video shy. I do more of them nowadays, but I'm nowhere near where you are. I'm, I'm really insecure about being visible. And that's for me um, a wonderful way to get the message out and to, to speak to a larger audience. Um, so overcoming my fear of becoming visible because I was really nervous about my accent, uh, my grammar, um, am I, do I know enough, all of this kind of stuff. And now I'm like, nah, I'm going with the flow. It's just awesome. You know, I don't yeah. have to know everything, but I know I have to share a lot. And the guests and the conversation is what matters and, and making that as engaged as possible so that people can really relate to the story. So that's, mm. that's number one. Um, number two is I learned just from so many fighters out there, how they overcame their challenges. Mm. Um, and Every guest on my show had some sort of a breaking point, some sort of a moment of, oh, damn, I need to work through this. And this is how I'm going to do that now. Um, as you shared yours, uh, which is just wonderful. And it makes me feel very humble and um, often very reflective afterwards to say, I'm going to practice that. I'm going to see how I could do that, how that could work. Something that my podcast initiated for me was that I'm now moving into learning more about um, neuroscientific coaching. Mm -hmm. So I really like the neuroscience and really understanding how the brain works and how it um, impacts our choices and decisions and so on. And I only learned through it because I had two guests who spoke uh, about it a lot and I just found that fascinating. Um, so I started reading about it and now I really want to dive into that and become a coach that's focused on this, this area and so on and so forth. So there's, there's no episode that doesn't give me a, a, some sort of a new learning. Mm. I love that. What has been some of the greatest gifts that you've given yourself in your own journey? The greatest gift, number one, is to um, have put my wall down. And that was hard because mm. I have built, I had built it up for 27, maybe 30 years. Mm -hmm. um, and the moment uh, that wall was down, I was a completely different person. I felt as, yeah. sorry. I was going to say, did it come down brick by brick or did you bulldoze it down? No, it came down brick by brick. Well, the first pieces came down brick by brick. And then I had this travel um, experience where the rest of them just bulldozed mm. it down, basically. Mm. Um, uh, two stages. But it took a while overall. Um, but that's, that's just been so amazing. And, and the moment when I realized that, and the moment I was just simply being, I was, I was just myself. And I was so happy with myself. Not in terms of I, I, I was perfect. I'm nowhere near perfect. Mm -hmm. But I was just all right. I was just okay with myself. I accepted myself completely. And that was amazing. And that shifted my life, my relationships um, with myself and with others completely. I was able to forgive my mom um, and to simply um, 
have built a really great relationship with them, which we have nowadays and so on and so forth. So that was definitely number one. And number two, um, I'm really grateful for is that I became braver, mm -hmm. braver to express my voice, um, my views to challenge um, and to make choices for my life that um, just better my own life and obviously the life of, of my partner and my, my uh, family. Um, leaving the corporate job um, and whilst I was in a corporate role to say look this role is not for me it doesn't make me happy at all um, I just feel like um, pushing a square peg into a round hole and to be able to express that um, I found really uh, important and I'm very grateful for it mm. What made you realize that you were, I think Steve Jobs is well renowned for talking about the misfits and the square pegs and what made you realize you're a square peg. And, and then I think if I relate to my own journey, I felt very similar and I, and I craved fitting in and belonging for so long that it caused me more pain than it should have. At what point did you make that decision that actually I am a square peg, I'm happy and I'm going to be a, you know, where I'm supposed to be. Talk to me about that process. Hmm. So I, I just remember this one moment when I really felt like that. It, it was all about emotions. It was all about feeling. And it was a um, leadership get together. Um, but it wasn't the leadership team. I was a part of it was a wider functional leadership team. I never really felt a part of, I never really felt connected. And I feel connected when I can be simply myself, when I can be very open, I can have banter and the giggle. Um, but I also can ask for help and I know there is support. And with this, this team, I've never felt this way. Mm -hmm. And this meeting was really interesting. It was a brainstorming meeting and they flew in all sorts of people from the States and so on and so forth. And it felt like I was literally observing the room. And it felt of like tons of egos coming together, mm. trying to force their opinions onto one another, but without listening. And I was literally observing and I'm like, what am I doing here? And um, I was slightly, um, sometimes a bit uh, unconventional. I like to bring in new ideas and to just shift the thinking a little bit. Um, and I realized that every time I shared something or I suggested something, it just didn't land. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it why it was. It, it wasn't, I realized it wasn't because of behaviors or anything like that necessarily. It just didn't land. And I had this feeling more and more like I was withdrawing. And I was literally feeling really con constricted as well. Um, I felt really kind of claustrophobic in myself. Mm. And I had this need to get fresh air and to just break out. And that's for me the feeling when I know it's an unhealthy way of not belonging and not fitting. Mm -hmm. And I had a conversation afterwards with my boss because he said, man, you, you were really quiet. What was going on? I just, I, I was just really open with him. And he said, oh, he feels that sometimes as well, but he's just getting on with it. But for me, they, I don't want to just get on with it but because I love working and I love to work in environments that are very open and it reminded me of an experience I had before that job in a different company where the wider team, we were just fantastic. It was just brilliant. We challenged each other. We weren't necessarily all best friends, but um, we were really constructive with each other. We could uh, play hard and, and um, work hard, right, at the same time. Mm. And we therefore achieved together. 
because mm. it was so open it was transparent it was constructive it wasn't wishy-washy and we came all from different countries in the world mm-hmm. but there was a strong connection under strong leadership and i always had that in my mind because i i absolutely loved that team environment i left more for my own development um and i didn't get it there and i constantly felt wrong and that's not a good feeling to have so you need to reflect upon okay, is there something I want to change? I can change. Is that an environment I want to work in and therefore I need to make some changes in my mindset or behaviors or whatever it is? Or is that simply um, a moment of accepting this might simply not be for me? And that's what mm. it was for me. Mm. For me. I'm really interested in this, in this narrative of you never being enough through, through growing up and through the, the kind of stories that you've played over. Um, to then becoming a full-time coach. And I know that a lot of coaches at the start of their journey have this sense of imposter syndrome, this sense of, am I going to be good enough to help these people? Like, how did you get through that to, you know, if at all, that's even something you experienced? Mm. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And I still experience it, just less of it. Mm. So I would throw out the assumption that you may never fully get rid of imposter Mm -hmm. and i do believe that's a good thing so the important piece is to be self-aware and to hear it to hear the voices to check in to um, take them in and to say okay what benefit do they have what value do they have right now how do i speak to them Um, but i think if you don't have that anymore and you don't have certain expectations on yourself and you say you know um let's check in with myself as, as to whether what i'm doing and how i'm doing it is is a good mm. way to go about things i think then your ego is um <laughs> is clearly a bit too high mm. um so therefore i'm also quite grateful that i still have it mm-hmm. but i silenced it slightly and i can manage it better so when the voices come in then I simply check in with it. I have basically have a conversation with my own inner voice. Yes. That there's okay. Um, what 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 are you trying to help me with? To support me with? What are you trying to tell me? Um, and really focus on the positive side of what support do I get? And if I think I have it under control, and I I think you know it's all good, then I say, hey, thanks for your help. But at the moment, I'm absolutely fine. <laughs> but if I realize there is something to it, because I was slacking off a little bit you know, for example, then I need to say, I need to up my game here. I need to show up more. Um, and it helps me up my game mm-hmm. and to show up again. So, so therefore, um, I see it as quite, quite valuable. Yeah. I like that. Great description. Um, you talked at the start about being curious and, you know, you and I both share this, this love for being curious and asking curious questions. What are some of those key questions that you that you intentionally use to reflect to to grow to learn Mm. so one question i'm going to steal that from one of my podcast guests um, and friends she said to me in the in the podcast so many people ask themselves every day what they have done have we ticked off our to-do list nicely instead of how have i been Mm. and that's true and when i started the business my goodness i was focused on what have i done have i developed this program now properly have i met with people um have i made enough contacts but how have i been is such a more powerful question Mm. um 
and it brings up a lot of reflection because it's not just how have you been with others it's about how have you been with yourself have you been kind to yourself have you um taken care of yourself all of these things um the other question is have i stepped out of my comfort zone today mm. if so how because I'm, I'm a massive fan of growth mindset and I'm a massive mm -hmm. fan of learning. Um, have I done something that made me uncomfortable? And, and it doesn't mean in a stressful way. Um, in combination with it, have I been brave? Mm -hmm. So have I had a brave conversation? Have I called out a really uncomfortable elephant in the room when coaching someone, for example? And then there's another one, have I supported someone today? Mm. Because not every day I have necessarily coaching sessions, right? Um, I'm working a lot on developing further programs and so on. But have I supported someone? If so, how? And that helps me reflect upon my entire life. So the clients, obviously, I'm working with. But the community I support through social media, um, friends of mine, my partner. What have I done to make the world a little bit better and to give something back? Mm. Um, so that's, that's for me, the third slash fourth key question. Love that. Kind of ties in nicely to my next question. My whole ethos is about helping people be always better than yesterday. And I'm just curious to know what that phrase always better than yesterday means to you. Hmm. I would steal it if I could, uh, because, <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it, it's, it's such a wonderful phrase. It is, I really resonate with it because it resonates with my legacy mm -hmm. i want to leave a new way of learning a new way of i can do that as well with other people um, to help them better their lives um, and what i always say to the people i work with and, and to anyone really is this is not about taking big steps and making huge changes from one day to another this is about taking it gently and improving yourself your life step by step every day and taking small steps so this continuous uh, level of improvement this continuous level of self-reflection and this continuous level of really getting the best out your uh, out of your life is what resonates with always better than yesterday nice i love that how can people connect with you how can people find out more about you and, and, and your content so um, one of the best platforms is my website. That's KathleenMerkel.com. Very simple. Kathleen with a C and Merkel at the end with an E-L, not the English way. Um, then um, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Kathleen Merkel. Um, I am just about to start a book club with my dear friend, Jules O'Donnell. That um, is going to be the Unique Leaders Book Club. You can find that already on Facebook and Instagram as well. I have the podcast that's called Legendary Leaders, as you know. Um, yeah, and, and LinkedIn, obviously, as well, um, where you can find me. Um, so, yeah, check those platforms out and get in touch. That's amazing. And who should specifically get in touch with you? Well, anyone can get in touch with me. I'm always curious <laughs> about, about people. But um, the majority of my clients, indeed, are um, female leaders in and outside of organizations and the women who resonate with my story basically and see themselves in it and say, oh, yes, that's where I am at the moment. Um, and I have absolutely no idea how to get unstuck. Then you are the right person to get in touch with me. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing some of your stories and insights. And I would just be honored if you could leave us with a final thought 
from your good self. Wow. A final thought from my good self is you can always make a change. Don't get hold back by what job you have at the moment, how much you're earning, your age, anything. You can always make change happen if you really want to get support and just go for it. One ending. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. There we go. What an amazing conversation. I really enjoyed that. What an amazing lady. Thank you so much, Kathleen. There are a number of notes that I made throughout the conversation, so many takeaways, but the one I'm reflecting on now is, is what happened when she became the leader across multiple countries and cultures, this sense of my way or the highway no longer working. I think that's so true of leadership. We really have to get to know the people that we're leading so we can get the best out of ourselves, others and situations. So really, really great insight to take away. Please do share this interview with the one person in your network that you think would benefit from hearing um, from Kathleen and also go check out her Legendary Leaders podcast. I was very fortunate enough to be a guest in recent weeks. So check out that interview if you're keen to find out about more of my story. But go ahead hear from some other leaders and, and hopefully that'll help you develop your leadership and your mindset because that's what it's all about. Have a great week and until next time, much love. <laughs>